It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Josh Harris's ownership group is prepared to spend $88 million to prove his commitment to you, fans of the Washington Commanders, That and more right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime at 202-760-2644. And now you can find Locked On Commanders on the SiriusXM app. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. And a special thank you, of course, to the everydayers out there coming through here five days a week uh, to take in all of the commander's talk, analysis, opinion that we can dish and handle. And I appreciate all of your input and reactions uh, to, to my thoughts and my analysis. Again, um, I've said this before and I'll continue to say it. Agreeing with me is not a prerequisite to uh, be a consumer of this program and, of course, to interact with me. Uh, as well. I only ask that you be respectful in the disagreements because I will be respectful to you uh, in kind. One NFC East team's fall could help the commanders climb the NFC East standings this coming season and NFL quarterback rankings that are not all that kind to Sam Howell. But first, we start with new owner to be Josh Harris and his dedication to be kind to fans of the franchise as he looks to re-engage with a group that he calls passionate and historically loyal. And that is coming here via ESPN and an article written by John Kime and Seth Wickersham. Of course, John Kime is ESPN's Washington Commanders beat reporter. So, you know, him, you love him, does a, a lot of great work uh, for ESPN. And of course, for his podcast, the John Kime report as well. So make sure you're checking all those things out if you aren't already. Um, and basically, ESPN came upon a document that has been titled Commander's Investment Opportunity. Uh, It's 43 pages long, according to the report, and it includes analysis, projections, and general commentary about the state of the Washington Commanders and its relationship to the fans of the team. And I think that's where you're going to find this most interesting, along with some stadium news and some other things. But some interesting items in here, uh, I'm going to text a link to the article to my subtexter. So again, if you're part of the subtext group, you'll get that link uh, at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Again, I send those scheduled texts out at noon. Eastern so that hopefully I'm not hitting up people on the West Coast too, too early uh, and waking you folks up before you need to be up. Uh, if 
it's on ESPN. It's not behind a paywall. So if you're if you're not, not wanting to wait for that, or if you're not a subtext subtext, you can certainly find it uh, on your own as well. But it's it's a very good in depth article. It gives a lot of information. I'm going to give you the highlights here though, and essentially I'm going to start here. Harris believes that simply changing owners from Dan and Tanya Snyder to his group right is going to improve business. It's going to help boost attendance. It's going to improve ticket sales. It's going to improve sponsorship revenue, and it's going to help, of course, lead to a new stadium. Uh, part of the report said, quote, the commanders historically ranked top in the league across all, all local revenue metrics and attendance. However, the team has significantly spiraled as a result of allegations against current ownership. That's according to the document. It continues as ownership changes. We see opportunities to substantially drive local revenue and bring the team back to a top NFL market, end quote. That top NFL market is you. And I have to say, just getting to know this fan base over the last couple of years, two or three years total, uh, I agree. You know what I mean? I think the closer we get to the Snyder era ending, the more excited you all as a fan base are starting to get. I know some some Commanders fans not fully bought into Sam Howell. Some are, are really you know pulling for him, supporting him. Some believe just right now, boom, immediately he's a franchise quarterback. And some are just hoping that, you know, look, this team needs a franchise quarterback why can't it be Sam Howell? Let's hope that it pulls through. Uh, but I think that the, the analysis is correct here. I think that once Dan and Tanya Snyder are out of the building uh, for good, out of the ownership seat, that revenue will start to go up. That fans will allow themselves, yourselves, to get a little bit more excited. I mean, if you look just at the process of this team, whether it's going to be sold or not going to be sold, there were people, Commanders fans, still believing up until the moment the Snyders themselves put out that statement saying that, yes, they are going to be selling this team to the Josh Harris-led group, that the sale wasn't actually going to go through and that this franchise would be stuck with the Steiners for even longer. So given that level of pessimism, it's only natural that once that dark cloud, I suppose, kind of moves away from the franchise, that optimism would start to replace it, at least in increments, uh, not you know, not necessarily saying that FedEx is just going to be flooded with fans all of a sudden, but certainly the expectations that it will go up and as, as it does. So will revenue. So the document also states that commander's leadership, it doesn't specify which leader, whether it's, you know, President Jason Wright or somebody else, but basically commander's leadership believes or uh, that quote believes Virginia will offer the best incentive package, potentially up to one point five billion dollars, end quote, to move the team location to the Commonwealth uh, of Virginia. Now, what's important about this is this document was put together to attract other investors minority investors to join Josh Harris's group. We obviously know uh, Mitchell Rails is a part of that group. Urban Magic Johnson is a part of that group. But ESPN reports that as many as a dozen minority owners are actually involved in this deal. And this is unique because there are so many investors, but there's the main investor, which of course is Josh Harris. And he's worth about $1 billion more than the sale price of this team currently, which does bring into some question whether or not if, if the franchise were to hit some financial issues, some problems. Does Josh Harris have the ability and liquidity to be able to operate the franchise successfully should those troubles arise? Now, essentially what the ESPN report is saying is that the disdain and the need to get the Steiners out is essentially pushing this thing through when normally these types of concerns would kind of give a uh, pause. But the NFL and the other NFL owners appear to agree that simply removing the Snyders is going to be enough to cause a little bit of a financial revolution for the commanders and kind of alleviate those concerns uh, up front. But there are also some other incentives that the Harris group plans on providing to fans and to players. And for the future, the report says that Harris estimates spending $88 million to quote, help establish ownership's commitment to fan and player experience. End quote. 
that should be a little bit exciting because that's going to go towards new video boards, a locker room update for the players, which believe me, that locker room could use an update. And a group is projecting a need of $100 million for repairs to FedEx Field. So maybe, please, no more sewage water raining down on people uh, in FedEx Field. Speaking of FedEx Field, apparently there's also a clause in the stadium naming rights that pays the franchise currently $7.6 million per year to be called FedEx Field that allows the team to get out of that naming rights deal if there is a, quote, change of control, end quote. So if there's a new owner, there's a change of control and estimates that if the if Josh Harris and his group were to decide to get out of the FedEx Field naming rights, uh, they could actually sell the current naming rights for up to $30 million a year uh, at this point. Team President Jason Wright acknowledged a lot of what is said in this report, again, published by ESPN, well, not the report published, but notes from the from the report published by ESPN in his conversation with ESPN back in March when he said, quote, there's nothing but upside on the other side of this. There will be growth because there are people choosing not to do business with us that will choose to do business with us. Now, end quote, Wright also said back in March that Snyder's, quote, knew the business side would get better on the other side of this. They're not dumb, end quote. So you all tend to agree. We agree. I agree. Jason Wright agrees. Josh Harris obviously agrees, and he's got enough minority owners that they obviously believe that simply removing the Snyders was going to be a big step forward in the business sense of this thing. And then, of course, you still need to upgrade the facilities, you know, eventually build the new stadium uh, and improve the team. That's going to be first and foremost is getting a winning product on the field. Speaking of a new stadium, the document also projects a new stadium by 2031. And I know 2028 is kind of what we had heard before, so that might be a little bit of a disappointment, but new stadium by 2031. However, quote, the potential to move into a new stadium earlier End quote. So 2031's kind of maybe look kind of appears to be like a last, you know, like a, a, a dead end, uh, not so much a dead end, but a, a, a best buy type of date uh, and potentially before 2031 uh, as well. The Commonwealth of Virginia appear to be primed and ready to make a deal with the franchise for a lot, a lot of money. If you if you remember that um, before the really the worst of the allegations started really gaining steam, then Congress started getting involved. And then the Commonwealth, I mean, the state of Maryland, like everybody pretty much uh, bowed out once the Snyders are out of this. Uh, I expect those uh, conversations to pick back up. So some interesting stuff here. Uh, Obviously, the ownership situation, the new stadium, all this stuff is going to continue being a topic of conversation. But I thought some some interesting stuff coming out of this ESPN report. Uh, Again, I'll text a link to all the subtexters on noon on uh, Thursday. So you can all be on the lookout for that. So that's not the only thing interesting going on. So, too, is NFL.com's quarterback rankings by division. And I've come up with my own per division quarterback rankings. That's going to come up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, and you've got to try the best tasting protein bar ever, Built, you got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing, you won't even realize that they're good for you. They're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate and come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros like just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and they pack 17 grams of protein. And the best part is you can get them at Walmart, you can get them at Sam's Club, or you can get your specialty flavors at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today and you can find cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you go to Sam's Club, you can find brownie batter puff or churro puff. And if you go to Built.com right now, you can get in on the re-release of Birthday Cake Puff and Red Velvet Puff. No matter how you want to try it, Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club, however you get it, you got to try this. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. First listen or your first view today and every day. Every day is we've got one more episode coming up this week. So make sure you come back here, wrap up the week with me on Friday. Today, however, we're gonna continue this conversation talking about NFL.com's quarterback divisional rankings. And basically, here's what they did: they took every quarterback in the NFL, broke them up by division, and then they stacked each of those quarterbacks. So four four starting quarterbacks. Uh, I think they they doubled up on one of the teams um, as well. And basically said, here are the divisions that have the best quarterbacks uh, you know, from, from top to bottom. And their rankings look like this. In first place, they have the AFC North set of quarterbacks. So Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, uh, and, and Deshaun Watson there in the AFC North. Number two, they come through the AFC East. Third place is the AFC West. West. Fourth place is NFC North. Fifth place, the NFC East, which obviously is where the Washington Commanders reside. Sixth place, place the NFC West. Seventh place. AFC South and eighth place NFC South. So AFC South, NFC South rounding out the bottom of these rankings. Uh, three AFC teams to start the rankings, AFC North, East, and West. And then you have three NFC teams, NFC North, East, and West. Uh, interestingly enough, exact same orders. And then you've got the two Southern divisions in the AFC and the NFC uh, cleaning this thing up. And NFL.com gave some analysis on why they ranked these people uh, or these divisions, rather, the way that they did. But obviously, Locked On Commanders, we're just going to talk about Sam Howell and what, what, what the NFL.com article had to say about him. NFL.com wrote, quote, and then there's Washington. So they did an entire divisional write-up for each of these divisions. So this is the part that gets to Washington. And then there's Washington. Color me baffled when it comes to this situation. Apparently, one decent start from a fifth-round pick was all the Commanders needed to see. In his first and only game action of 2022, Howell threw for 169 yards with a touchdown and a pick while rushing for 35 yards and a score in Washington's Week 18 win over Dallas. Four months later, he appears to be the guy with veteran Jacoby Brissett added as an insurance plan. I don't get it. And it's really kind of easy to understand why NFL.com doesn't get it because the NFL wants every team to be pass-focused, pass-obsessed, so they want you to consistently and constantly just chase the latest, greatest quarterback if you don't already have the latest, greatest quarterback. But for the Washington Commanders, and if you pay attention to what Ron Rivera talked about during the league meetings and just kind of over and over again from the combine and pre-draft and all these other things, basically he's just really excited about the opportunity to finally roster build the way that he wants to roster build. And the way he wants to do this is build a team and then inject the quarterback in it. Now, how do you do that? Well, you have to have a quarterback on a rookie deal because it saves you money and it allows you to invest in a guy like Deron Payne potentially a guy like Montez Sweat or Chase Young. If he can step up this season, Cameron Curl needs a new deal. You might want to bring in a veteran running back next year, re-sign a player like Antonio Gibson. Like, There's just a lot of things that the Washington Commanders could use this money for, and if they don't have to use it on a $28 million veteran quarterback that's playing for his third team in three years, that allows them the opportunity to do these things. Now, if Sam Howell hits and is really, really good, then Yahtzee, right, even better, and, and you're you're just well ahead of the power curve. If he doesn't hit, 
then you start building a team around. And if you get to the point where you have a high draft pick or you go all in and you go get that high draft pick to go get that quarterback the way the Carolina Panthers did this year, then you grab your guy and you move forward there with a now you have a quarterback again on a rookie deal, but you've got a better roster put around them. So that's that's basically the essence of what the Washington Commanders are going after here. But if Sam Howell is just like so bad that it just can't be dealt with, then you've got a veteran in Jacoby Brissett that you kind of you know have an expectation of what you would get uh, from him if you need to turn that direction. But honestly, I don't expect Sam Howell to do so poorly that the Washington Commanders feel uh, compelled to move to Jacoby Brissett. Of course, we don't know until the actual uh, live bullets start flying, but that's basically, uh, in a nutshell, what we look at the Washington Commanders doing. Now, is Ron Rivera, is Martin Mayhew, is Jason Wright going to be around long enough to see this type of plan through? That's you know that's a decision up for Josh Harris uh, and for the future. So we'll have to see. Um, I already gave kind of my minimum, right? So if my minimum is the minimum that the Washington Commanders have to achieve in order for Ron Rivera and his staff to keep their jobs, which I'm not saying it is, it's just kind of how I read the tea leaves, then Sam Howell's got to hit, right? Like Sam Howell can't not hit, and then you try to get another guy next year. And uh, But, you know, look, I've got some confidence in Sam Howell. I've seen his, his arm uh, live in person, not just at the game, but before that. And, I mean, that arm is – it's a real arm, guys. So I think that uh, there's certainly an, op- an opportunity there. But NFL.com put out their division-by-division division rankings well. I'm, a, I'm kind of a numbers nerd. I kind of like this kind of stuff. So I wanted to kind of go ahead and give my own evaluation, my own analysis, and my own rankings uh, as well. But unlike NFL.com, where you know NFL.com says it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of data and it's a little bit of projection. So essentially, it's, it's kind of a gut feeling uh, eye test type of deal. I kind of wanted to break these quarterbacks down into categories, assign a point value to each category, uh, and then go from there. So again, a little bit of a numbers nerd, but that's kind of just how I roll. So I did a five scale, right? One, two, three, four, five. One is the lowest. Five is the highest, but there's some interesting dynamics in here. So one is going to be your bridge quarterback. So if you're a bridge quarterback, you're getting a point value of one. Uh, The second level are rookies, first-year starters that have potential young quarterbacks who kind of go either way. Young quarterbacks that could go up, young quarterbacks that could go down. You're getting uh, assigned a value of two. Three, those players are getting veterans. Those are are the three-point values are, are contributed to players that are veterans that you can win with. So they're not going to necessarily be the hero or they can't. We've kind of already seen that they can't carry a team all by themselves, but they're not going to be the reason you lose for the most part, right? Uh, four, four, uh, point, four point values, veterans with ceilings that they still have to reach. So these guys who have experience in the NFL, but we still haven't seen the best of them. We feel like there's still better days to come. Five point players, those are going to be veterans that make you better. These are quarterbacks that elevate your team through their play. Not a lot of those guys, as you could imagine. So I'm going to break this down and I'm going to start it with the top team, top division in the NFL. As far as I see it, that is the AFC North. They get a combined score of 16, which is three points higher than any other division uh, in the NFL. So the NFL.com rankings and my rankings see eye to eye here. Uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. I'm giving those guys five. I think they make your teams better. Now, Lamar Jackson solely as a passer. No, I don't think he's a number five. But when you add in that athleticism, that ability to impact the game that way, I give him a five. I give Joe Burrow a five. Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett both get threes. They're veterans that you can win with as long as you don't require them to be heroes. Again, Kenny Pickett, a full year uh, of play. So he is technically a veteran, even though he's a young guy. Um, he's not a first year starter, so he's getting that three value. So AFC North at the very top, uh, kind of sticking there with what the NFL.com rank. He said 
Second place, this is where we change. I go AFC West. I give him a cumulative score of 13. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Obviously, he's a five. Justin Herbert, Los Angeles Chargers, give him a four. Again, a veteran. He's got more than one year of service, and I think he's still got ceiling to reach, so he can still get better, so I give him that four. Russell Wilson is the is our first, maybe a little bit of a surprise, three here uh, on the list on this list. Again, a veteran you can win with, but I think his days of elevating a team are pretty much behind us, and I don't think he's getting any better than we've already seen. Jimmy Garoppolo is our first bridge quarterback, so he gets a value of one in total. AFC West gets a score of 13. Also getting a score of 13, the AFC East. Josh Allen gets a five here for the Buffalo Bills. Tua Tungabailoa and Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets now both get number th- get threes. So veterans you can win with. Again, Aaron Rodgers. We talked about this last year. We saw it with the Washington Commanders. I think Aaron Rodgers' days of being that elevator quarterback are kind of over. He needs talent around him to help him uh, continue to succeed. I just That's just where I think he is uh, in his career. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Mac Jones, I have at a number two for the uh, New England Patriots. A uh, young quarterback that could go either way is why he gets a two. So he get better, he could get worse. That's where I have Mac Jones right now. While the AFC West and the East tied at 13, I put the West above because they've got one five, a four, and a three, while the AFC East has one five but no fours. So I give the tiebreaker to the AFC West. My fourth ring team is the NFC East. Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell, I give a two. First-year starting quarterback, so I give him that two value. That's for the category that he fits in. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I give a five. I think we've seen it. He can elevate the Philadelphia Eagles with his athleticism, and if the arm can continue to get even better as a passer, then even better for him. Daniel Jones, I've got a two. I know a lot of people love what he did for New York last year. I still think he's a young guy that could go either way, so he gets that two. And Dak Prescott, He's got a three in my book. He's a veteran that you can win with. But look, we've seen him lose the Dallas Cowboys uh, some games. And I think this is a very important year for him. The Dallas Cowboys lost some some weapons and lost some tools. We're going to talk about here in a little bit. I think he's very close to almost hitting that bridge quarterback uh, category. Two or three years, if they can't figure it out, his contract is coming up. They may decide to move on from Dak Prescott. NFC South is fifth place uh, with 10 overall points. NFC West comes in sixth. And then I've got the AFC South and NFC North rounding out my rankings. So here are my rankings stacked next to NFL.com's rankings. We both have the AFC North first place. I've got the AFC West second. The AFC East is third. So I flipped those compared to the NFL.com rankings. Fourth place, I've got the NFC East. Fifth place, I've got the NFC South. That's my biggest riser. Uh, NFL.com has the NFC South in eighth place. I put them in fifth. And then I've got the NFC West. AFC South is seventh. And then the NFC North, I've got them in eighth place when NFL.com had them in fourth place. And basically, Justin Fields, I gave a two young quarterback that could get good. He could also get very bad. Jared Goff, I look at as a bridge quarterback. I give him a one. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings, I also look at him as a bridge quarterback. So I give them a one. I think here in the next two years, you're going to see the Vikings move on to a younger model. So that puts, to me, that puts Kirk Cousins in the bridge quarterback position. And Jordan Love, uh, again, a number two because he's a young quarterback that could go either way so those are my rankings just like nfl.com's maybe you agree with them maybe you disagree with them let me know what you think of my divisional rankings let me know if you have your own but we're going to stick to the nfc east division next here on locks on commanders one team could be sliding down the division standings and that could be helping the washington washington commanders rise up this season that's next on today's episode of locked on commanders <laughs> 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys potentially sliding down the standings of the NFC East this coming season. And this kind of ties back into my analysis of Dak Prescott. Uh, again, in those ranking scores, I gave him a three uh, out of a potential five points because I look at him as a quarterback that you can win with, although he is kind of skating that line. We've seen him cost the Dallas Cowboys plenty of games. And according to the 33rd team, they believe that the Dallas Cowboys could surprise everyone this season out of the NFC East by their tumble down the divisional standings this season. Quote, the Cowboys have a lot of pressure on them, especially quarterback Dak Prescott and coach Mike McCarthy. They wanted to run, to run the ball more, but they released Ezekiel Elliott. Then Dak lost his security blanket, tied in Dalton Schultz, who signed with the Texans. That's a lot of pressure on Prescott, and I don't see how the Cowboys can move up. They could struggle and fall in the other direction. So I think it's very, very interesting because you have Dak Prescott, right? Like if we just look through the time of Dak Prescott, he's a solid quarterback in the national football league. Right. And and he's kind of the example I use a lot of times for overcorrecting, overcorrecting, right? When he was coming out of, out of school, when he was coming into the NFL through the draft, I was actually someone who was higher on Dak Prescott on Dak Prescott as an NFL quarterback prospect than a lot of people were at the time he was coming out. I felt like he was going to be a very solid quarterback, starting caliber guy uh, in the NFL. So I was very happy with myself, and I was very happy for Dak as well when he became that starting caliber quarterback. But then somewhere along the road, he became this franchise quarterback. And, and to me, a franchise quarterback, when you say that, that's this is a guy that raises all the boats around him. And I kind of sort of say, well, look, I, like, I don't think he's that good. Like He's good quarterback. But I felt like he was a guy that you need to put a good, solid roster around him and let him just drive the car, not be the engine. But what we've seen the Dallas Cowboys do through salary, right? They they pay him. I mean, there was there was one year specifically where he's getting like 22% of the Cowboys salary cap all just to himself. That's that's almost a quarter of your salary cap gone to just one player. When you do that, that player better be a guy that raises the entire team and the talent of the entire team. And I did not feel like Dak Prescott. And while I thought he was good, I didn't think he was that good, right? Gradually, what we've seen since then is the Dallas Cowboys essentially put more and more pressure on Dak Prescott to prove that he is the quarterback that they paid him to be. And now you look at this season coming into it, and again, just like the 3013 pointed out, no Ezekiel Elliott. So you've got Tony Pollard who's coming off of a knee injury. That's never good. Um, you're, you're, you have one really top wide, wide receiver. You're tight end Dalton Schultz, which we all pretty much knew he was going to be gone at the end of last season anyway. He is, in fact, gone. And you look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done from a depth chart perspective. They haven't done a whole lot to replace all of the talent they've lost. So when you look at what they have, Michael Gallup is a receiver who's, you know, he's been there. You're familiar with him. You know what he can do. Brandon Cooks is new. Yeah, but I don't know that Brandon Cooks really moves the needle uh, for me all that much. Sure, he's got speed, but he doesn't have a whole lot uh, other than that. The offensive line is decent, not great. 
uh, but there's not a whole lot there. Luke Schoonmaker is really the best offensive player that the Dallas Cowboys have added to their roster. And really, he might be a number two tight end at best. He's certainly not going to be what Dalton Schultz uh, was for Dak Prescott for all those years. I just I look at this team and I think that, you know, while you're a team that maybe wants to run the ball more again, Tony Pollard coming off that knee. Malik Davis is not a proven commodity. Deuce Vaughn. I don't see how you're going to run him through the tackles at all. This just seems like a very kind of almost uncertain path for for the for the Dallas Cowboys. And again, nobody here right is going to feel bad for them. Nobody here is going to feel bad for Dak Prescott. But depending on how hard that tumble is, like the Dallas Cowboys are are a, are a beatable team. They've been a beatable team. Yes, they're a playoff team. But I think if thirty third team is right, if you look at the way this roster roster is really constructed and how much pressure is really being put on Dak Prescott. I think it's very, very possible that you can see the Dallas Cowboys fall in the standings here in the NFC East, and this might be an opportunity for the Washington Commanders to take advantage and move up in those standings as well. So something interesting to keep an eye on. Again, a uh, long time coming, still OTAs, training camp, and all that stuff until we can get to the regular season. But I do think that that is a storyline to watch, is just how how well does Dak Prescott carry this weight that the Dallas Cowboys have basically put on him by getting rid of or not retaining a lot of uh, the weapons that have helped him out over the years. So something interesting, hopefully you found, I found uh, when I when I was reading up on it and when I wrote it for uh, Commander Country, I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to share it here on the program. That is going to wrap up today's program. I appreciate you making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today or and every day, every dayers. Speaking of you, special thanks to all of the every dayers. We will be back Friday for our end of week episode. We've got another mailbag coming up next week. We're going to continue doing this week by week. So if you want to contribute to that mailbag, it's never too full. Go ahead and send in your questions via email at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com, on Twitter at DHarrison82, in the YouTube comments, in the live chat. I will watch the replay or by texting me at 202-760-2644. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country Park Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders, and more importantly, hanging out with you five days a week. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.